0: Welcome to here's the thing where we talk fitness, lifestyle, human nature, and everything in between. Yo, yo! Happy Tuesday! Yes, it's Tuesday. No, I didn't get this done on Saturday. I was out of town, but you don't need a schedule, or at least you don't need to follow the schedule um, so perfectly when you like to do something. You know that's why you have to have a gym routine, is because you you just won't fucking go. Otherwise, I actually love doing the podcast because I get to bitch to you guys about stupid shit and uh, I get to let out some frustrations and I get to let out my thoughts. And the only other way to do that is to sit there and think, to write, or I could sit here and serenade you through your speakers. Maybe you're at home in the shower, naked, rubbing lotion all over your body in the bathroom. Maybe you're on the road listening to this in the car maybe you're on your bike right now and i get to serenade you with my beautiful beautiful thoughts um but we will we will start at the the bullshit the bullshit is that my dog bella bless her heart just had her seven month birthday on the 15th um this weekend this last weekend and uh she still got diarrhea and i don't know how many episodes i've mentioned this in but it's got to be at least two now it's been like two or two or three weeks and yes. For all you dog owners, we've tried virtually everything. Not long enough, clearly. But we've tried everything from wet food to bland diet to chicken and rice um, and just adding in rice. And yes, pumpkin. We've tried canned pumpkin. We've tried virtually everything. And it's pissing me off. And it's pissing me off because I even told you this last time. I'm pretty sure. That I'm having to take her out constantly. Five, ten times a day. I have taken i have taken her out one, two, three, four, five times a day. I took her out at uh, right before 1 a.m., a little after 3 a.m., and at 6 a.m., and then at 6:30 a.m., and then after breakfast. And it's just these little, tiny, diarrhea poops. And I almost—it's making me so miserable that I want to put um, uh, on the whiteboard. We have—we're moving in 10 days, and then we have a progression chart that I made. As motivation to pack things up as we're getting ready to move. Because I don't want to procrastinate so much that we fuck ourselves over. I want to erase all that shit. And I just want to put a tally chart on how many times I'm taking my dog out. Because I swear to God I'm going to have to take her out 100 or more times in the next 10 days. And I'm trying so hard to just go, wow, think about all the calories you're going to burn, Brandt. But it is so annoying it is so 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 annoying because i've lived upstairs for three years and i'm gonna move into a town home where i can just let her out for the first time three flights of stairs or just letting her out a sliding glass door so it's just unbelievable unbelievable um so i sat high V this morning getting my uh 300 milligram rain energy drink um i think energy drinks aren't that bad you know, I mean, it's, it's funny, the people that hate on things, you know, a lot of the backlash I get from energy drinks and drinking them. Well, a lot of it's from myself. Um, I talk to a buddy about that shit all the time. Um, but I think they're you're going to have a vice, you're going to have a caffeine vice, you're going to have some kind of vice and you're you're gonna need some some go juice and the people who hate on energy drinks are the same ones who are overweight eating like shit or smoking a cigarette as they're saying it, it just doesn't make any sense at all it really doesn't and uh, so i got this because i went to hy-vee and i go up to the cash register and this guy uh randy is the cashier today and i've seen randy several times and i go hey did you get into the gentleman's this weekend And he kind of looked at me with a smile and he goes, gentlemen's. And I go, gentlemen's Jack. And he goes, I love that stuff. And I go, I know. You talk to me about it all the time. And he goes, oh, you have a really good memory. And I'm like, hold on. My girlfriend is screaming my name from the bathroom on the other side of the apartment. Okay, so that was my girlfriend hollering from across the entire apartment just so I could see um my my dog doing something funny so uh communication is a good thing so randy at the hyvee register was just absolutely shocked that i remembered him and i'm like you know like i would be more shocked if you remembered me like you see hundreds of me a day i see a lot of drones at cashiers have you ever noticed like the only noticeable people are people who go out of their way to be noticeable. So it's like, do you remember most of your people at a cash register at a convenience store, whether you go there once or a lot? No, probably not. But the happy ones, the happy-go-lucky ones, the one that are making conversation with you, yeah, you absolutely remember those people. I mean, this guy, the guy in front of me, he goes, oh, heading off to work, huh? I got the fresh donuts. I know you like those. Like... Okay. Yeah. Who doesn't like those? And then he's like, where are you going to work today? Yada, yada. It's like, you really don't think you'd be remembered for that. So, uh, the moral of that story is, you know, if you want to be memorable, if you want people to, to have you on their mind, have you on their mind, yeah. Have you on their mind. If you want to be remembered, if you want to be special or feel special, uh, make other people feel that way. Be the outgoing person, be the person who says hi, you know? Um, I I do an experiment all the time where I will, you know, hey, have a great day when I'm leaving a convenience store. And I'll go, hey, have a great day, Margie, or whatever their name is. Have a good day, Karen. And you should see how they just go, whoa, almost like they weren't expecting their name to be said. And it's because everybody treats everybody roughly the same especially when you have absolutely no value, there's no relationship built at all, because you can't build a relationship or rapport within about nine seconds of an interaction, and so everyone kind of is roughly the same, and so if you want to be remembered, uh, definitely be like Randy, you know, talk, ask questions, say something loopy, you know, hey, I really like that sweater, and then walk off, you know, you're going to be remembered for sure by somebody that you I'll I'll never forget the guy that gave me that random compliment at that one store, you know? Um. So, how to be remembered? Be like Randy at Hy-Vee. And speaking of, how you do anything is how you do everything. How you do anything is how you do everything. And I actually came up with a few theories that I want to get into um, that are actually... One of them is a real theory. Actually, I didn't come up with this one. Although I would like to say I did. The broken window theory. And the broken window theory basically says how you do anything is how you do everything. When there's a broken window in a given area of town, say a certain side of town, then it is more likely that people are going to see that that is a broken window and that no one is doing anything about it. And so what people believe, I guess, is how this theory goes, is the psychology is is there's no authority, there's no power, and there's where you get more broken windows, you get more vandalism, you know, no one's in control here because there's a broken window. So when you go into the quote-unquote hood, when you go into bad, or worse neighborhoods, you don't usually just see one or two bad things. You see a lot of bad things, and it's a cascading effect because how you do anything is how you do everything. And so the broken window theory um, plays really into that, I think. And that's also, um, I think, a big reason of why you see whole whole societies in this problem, where you do have hoods and you do have places of of, of massive poverty and destruction. Um, because those things don't have to correlate but they usually do correlate and the the broken window theory describes a lot of that um i actually have two theories i have made up i used to work in the restaurant industry for several years uh i am a very good bartender i'm okay i'm not that great i don't bartend much anymore and so I, you know how it's, it's funny like you, you do this job and you learn all these fucking things about the job. Like I used to work at the meat department and I was like, oh my God, I, I learned so much about meat. I'm never ever going to have to worry about like getting screwed over or getting the wrong cut or paying too much. And, you know, here I am uh, six years out of the meat department and I almost don't remember anything. I remember some basic stuff, but I don't remember like. Most stuff. So like with bartending, I haven't bartended in, oh, geez, COVID, uh, eight or nine months. Like I don't remember quite a few drinks. And so that's kind of funny. But as a bartender, well, and just being me, I developed a few theories about the restaurant industry. One of them, and I think, yes, uh, both of these series deal with the human being and the person coming in. And not the people working there so the first one is the dirty table theory and i actually experimented with this um only one day so i didn't have good data on it but the dirty table theory is the fact that i've worked at multiple restaurants now with tons of seating before covid what a world that was could just walk into a place and sit somewhere weird and so they had you know i don't know let's just say 50 tables every place and Seriously, if there's one dirty table and every other table clean and nobody in the restaurant, I'm not kidding you. So no one in the restaurant besides the workers, there's 50 tables, 49 of which are clean, and they can all be the exact same or a ton of different ones, doesn't matter. There is a strong chance. Actually, there's almost a guarantee that if a couple of people walk in And I don't know the size of group this relates to, but if a couple people walk in, like literally a couple, they're going to sit near that dirty table or, and this has happened before and I've seen it multiple times, they will ask to have that table cleaned and they will stand there and wait for minutes and minutes to have the table cleaned, even if there's one exactly like it in almost precisely the location that that table is in. And I did an experiment on the dirty table theory where I did put a bunch... I left a bunch of stuff actually and added more stuff to a table to make it look like people had been there. And there's three other surrounding tables. Now, no one sat at the dirty table, but a bunch of people came to those other tables and sat by there. And my theory on that is, is as human beings a lot of how we're designed you think is based off of society and culture but it's actually based off of nature and evolution and one of those things is a safety mechanism and a security mechanism where when you go somewhere to eat your animalistic brain goes okay where's the safe spot because when i'm eating just like when i'm shitting i'm vulnerable and so when you go into a restaurant if there's a dirty table in my theory, what that means is in your head, psychologically, your animalistic brain side of you goes, Hey, look at that dirty table over there. Someone ate and they left. They got out of here alive. Let's go sit over there. Obviously that area, there's no predators. Obviously that area, you can, we can get a full belly and get out of here and we'll survive another day. So that's where I get the dirty table theory. And I believe that holds true. So if you ever are at a restaurant take a peek. And uh, one of my favorite theories, and this one also holds true, we went to the new Texas Roadhouse over here in uh, West Des Moines, Iowa, the Midwest of the United States. For all of you listeners outside of the country, uh, I think my mom thinks I'm famous or something because I gave a shout out to the two or three <laughs> listeners that we have out of the country, who who happened to pop by the the podcast and probably listened to literally one second on accident, and then got out of it. But this one's a good one that you should take with you anywhere you go. The new restaurant theory: we have a new restaurant, the Texas Roadhouse. Um, it is a st- uh, steak and meat house for those. Um, God, I don't even know how to explain it out of country. You got to have shit like this. You get ribs, you get burgers, and it's like a it's like a normal food joint. You know what I mean? It's your most American understanding of a food joint there we go and so the new restaurant theory goes like this okay in my eyes when you start something new as we've talked about before there is a period called the honeymoon phase i talked about it in prior podcasts in relationships that exist in jobs that exist you get a new job you're like oh my god i love my coworkers, and you get a new relationship you're like oh this person's perfect and there's nothing wrong with them so the new restaurant theory goes like this every individual there is in a honeymoon phase they're all starting a new job They're all starting in a very new place that they pride themselves with because they've been trained on, hey guys, we're getting ready to open. Here's how things are going to go. Here's what you guys are in charge of. This is all brand new stuff. Let's keep it clean. Let's stay motivated. You know, let's kick it off. And Everyone wants to start off great. Just like when you set a new goal to lose weight, you start off right out of the fucking gates like a goddamn beast. And you do everything perfect and you do everything right. So the new restaurant theory states that uh, your servers are going to do a phenomenal job. The drinks are going to be to a T because everyone's still poor testing. And as a bartender, if you don't know what a poor testing is, it means that you're making sure you're pouring the correct amount of alcohol so you're not overspending alcohol or screwing up drinks and you're making the same consistent recipe for the same consistent taste every time. So you have a lot of people on the same page. You have a lot of same of the same people trying to steer the same ship in the same direction when it's new. It's the honeymoon phase of the restaurant world. So when you find a new restaurant, I urge you to go go try it. We went to the new restaurant over here. We had impeccable service, phenomenal drinks. We gave our server a fat ass tip. Every bite of food was the best food I had had, by the way in that restaurant, which is a chain, and I've been to several of the same exact restaurants, I've never had as good as food as I had here at any of the other exact same restaurants that are already built. Why? Well, my theory is that in older restaurants people get comfortable. You're there to just make some money. The place has already been around. The place isn't yours. It's not new. You don't take ownership because you don't care because it's already dirty and gross. There's already a system in place that you weren't around to help design. If it's a new restaurant, you're there kind of like, you know, figuring things out. I mean, you're you're kind of the head honcho so to speak in your own little piece of that restaurant and so there's a honeymoon phase to that. And so Um, those are my theories and I really think they hold up. So if you want to go, uh, get the best bang for your buck, when you go out to eat, go to a new restaurant and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. And this is coming from a person who's gone to new restaurants, like two or three times probably in my entire life. Um, I just think a lot. So I don't know, go test that theory and see if it, see if it sits and then tell me, and I don't know, maybe I should create an email so you guys can give me ideas and shit. Um, so there you have it. The broken window theory, the dirty table theory, the new restaurant theory, because how you do anything is how you do everything because you're an animal and you're a human being just like every other human being. And so that leads into how to actually hit your goals. How do you actually hit your goals? Well, how you do anything is how you do everything and how you do everything is how you do anything. So how you do anything is Keeping your goals on the forefront of your mind at all times. How? By any means necessary. Make physical notes. I have notes that I keep in front of my face that I look at virtually every single day, multiple times a day, because I'm a human being who's forgetful and I'm an emotional being who um unfortunately likes instant gratification and has insatiable dyers desires dires. Insati- insatiable desires of emotion that i chase and so as a human being i have to keep important things in the front of my mind and so i'll create notes I was actually explaining to this my girlfriend's friend the other day. So I have a note in my phone, and I have tons and tons and tons of notes. I have over 100 notes in my phone on the Notes app in my iPhone. I have a bunch of pinned notes. And one of those pinned notes, which is on the top, if it's pinned, is called what I'm on currently. And it's just got four or five things that I am doing that I want to get better at or I want to focus on. One of them is presence and patience. A couple of them are literally um, personal things, like continuing my podcasting, getting better at a um, FIFA, the video game, um, getting better at the skill set for that game, um, finding out what kind of professional drone that I want to buy, because my, one of my best friends makes these dope-ass videos um, now that he's traveling the United States and we're all sitting here like, drones and ha hey funny good reference um but go follow him if you want to watch these cool ass videos he's got a bunch out now and he's he's just traveling the united states it's underscore curtis c-u-r-t-i-s dot k underscore for those cool ass videos and then uh there's uh some questions too And so this is on the same note what I'm on currently. So what I'm trying to do, you know, you could have something like lose 30 pounds. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to eat better because I want to lose 30 pounds. Right, right, right. Um, Stuff like that. Oh, I'm trying to be a better dad. Play with your kids more instead of being on social media. Right, right, right. Okay, I got to get off my phone and I got to throw my phone down right now and go play with my kids because I won't always have that opportunity. This is how you keep stuff in the front of your mind. So on this same note, what I'm on currently what to do when you don't know what to do and then there's four questions in my four questions and yours could be similar is when i don't know what to do of course if i'm bored or if life seems to be falling apart is my health something i can work on can i get more protein in my day can i stretch more do i need to stretch more have i worked out at it all um can i practice breathing you know do i need to brush my teeth just anything like that is there something i can do for my girls to make them happier for my dog and my girlfriend um have i given them both a bunch of love today if i haven't given them any love then well then i know what to do i need to go do that that'll probably make me feel better is there anything i can do, do anything more i can do for moving because we're moving soon and so if i'm not if i'm bored or i'm not being productive well there's probably something I can do for moving or there's something that I can get ready for moving. And then what things are coming up that I need to plan for because I've, I've had a lot. It's the holidays. I have a lot going on. And so um, if I don't keep these things at the forefront of my mind, they will never get accomplished. They will never stay on my mind. Um, and my life will never get more enhanced because I'm not going to keep them on the forefront of my mind. Because how you do anything is how you do everything. So keep taking uh, your vitamin D guys, keep taking your zinc, keep taking your vitamin C. I am COVID free with virtually no symptoms. I just have some headaches Um, and still the intense shortness of breath that just never seems to leave. And, um, you know, you feel like you can go work out and then you exert yourself by carrying something that's like 20 pounds. 20 feet and you're like <gasps> and then you realize okay no i sound like a fucking zombie literally so i'm not going to be able to really go do anything so stay safe and stay healthy take your vitamin d because the sun is going away for a very long time and if you're here in the midwest of the united states then you already know it's probably dark right now while you're listening to this because well it's november um, so, hopefully, you have a few more nice days of sun, but you need to start taking your vitamin D. And if you are taking your vitamin D, you need to be taking between 2,000 and 4,000 IU. And uh, you can listen or not listen to that recommendation because I have absolutely no credentials. I just like to do things like research and uh, um, listen to people who actually have credentials. So, stay safe. Next week, we might be doing an AirPod session. Um, I was out of town this weekend and I thought about doing that and I did not. Um, so there might be an AirPod session because I'm probably packing everything up. So the next time you might hear me on the microphone, we'll be at the new place guys. Cool. Take it easy. Kick this week's ass. Get your morning routines done. Get your morning gratitude in. Why did you wake up today? What's going to push you through the day? What if you don't wake up tomorrow? What would you want to get accomplished today? Get out there and kick ass this week. Happy Tuesday, y'all. Thanks for checking out this week's episode. Guys, you can find us at our website where we have a store, a fitness application. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Don't forget to check out our blog. Go hit the website up to see all of our programs and guides. We'll see you next week.